Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. <laughs> this is what happens when we talk about murder right before we're ready to go on. Everybody gets all creeped out. Yeah. This is not October yet. We can't talk about murder yet. It's not time to talk about... Well, maybe we could talk about murder. Bumps in the night. Did anybody read anything about murder? Not really. I don't think I did. Well, kind of, sort of, kind of. Assassination. Oh, oh, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I guess I did. Now, because this is early, right after we finished this podcast, I read another book that I had previously read because I wanted to talk about it. And then, of course, I read two other books during the week as well, <laughs> you know, and then I sort of forget about the original book. And it was definitely murder. Creepy, awful, horrible, disgusting, frightening murder. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about screwing dead people kind of murder. Ew. That's a little out there. <laughs> little twisted. Not used to those. A little sick and twisted. Yeah, it was, it was really, really seriously gross. Was it like um, like sci-fi or was it like... No. Um, well, I guess I could start since I started the uh, whole thing. We were Before we started tonight, we were talking about um, the John Benet Ramsey, Ramsey case and mm-hmm. the recent... The documentaries. Documentaries, that- yeah, right, about who it really was and what happened. And they're thinking maybe it was her eight-year-old brother after all. But we don't know for sure. I just don't see how an eight-year-old would hit hit her hard enough to kill her. Oh, I well, if you Well, if you watch these uh, documentaries, because uh, one, uh, one of them gives you every suspect. Like, they don't come to a conclusion. The oh. other one does come to a conclusion saying... Uh, that they, it was most likely her brother, and they give you reasons for it. Um, and really, because the flashlight that they use is so long, and it's one of those metal heavy ones that have the batteries. One of those metal that are like two inches yeah. long, and so it's actually pretty heavy. And, Looks like a mini nightstick or something. And they like even that. had like a, a eight year old boy come in and hit a fake skull that had pig skin over it with like a wig and man it made the same mark so that kid's gonna have nightmares forever now thank you very much (laughs) i don't think they i bet you they probably didn't tell him exactly what he was trying to simulate oh you're trying to crush a young girl's skull here here's a flashlight go after it but the documentaries are very interesting and cbs is actually being sued for one of them for the one that's saying that uh they think their her brother did it well, yeah, the parents, I see why that might be a little doing? bit. No, the uh, the brother is. Um, well, he's an adult now. Yeah, oh, her okay. mom actually has died. Uh, she had cancer and she beat it, and then she got and it then again. She, and died. she died. Yeah, that was really uh, sad. I did not cover that very. I, I I didn't follow it when it. But we're not actually reading about that. Nope. We're actually reading. Well, I read, like I said at the beginning of, or right after we finished our last podcast, I started this book which I had previously read by an author that I love called Mo Hader. And the, it's her first novel, and it's called Birdman. And it is very disturbing. But having said that, 
It was extremely well written. I love the characters. But do not read this book. Do not read this book if you're going to be offended and grossed out by really horrible things because they're in there. Mm-hmm. We got some necrophilia. We got drug use. We got murder. We got torture. You name it. So very dark. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's you know, I get confused because I thought she was an Australian author. But yet, this thing obviously takes place in Britain. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, uh, it's not Australian accents in the because I I listen to audiobooks. And I've read three or four other books from her, and I have to say that she's a very compelling author. Very, um, well, I mean, sometimes when you see something really gross, you have to look at it, right? Yeah. So I think that was sort of my re- initial reaction when I read this book. But the characters in the book are what helped me go to the second book. Yeah. Was there just two books in the series? No. He, it's one of those series where it's the detective that continues oh. throughout. Mm-hmm. So Detective Jack Cafferty, I think. And are all of them that dark? Are they all? They're all pretty dark. You sort of just have to be in the mood for that if you're going to read a really gritty crime novel. I mean, you've read um, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yes. And that was pretty dark. That was seriously dark. And I liked them, actually. See? So I'm not some kind of freak over here. You're looking at me like... (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm not looking at you like turned my eyelids inside out. (laughs) I just... I fall asleep to forensic files, so I'm pretty sure I'll love it. Yeah, it's not going to gross you out. But remember we talked about how sometimes when you read a book, it's like going on a trip. It's like taking a vacation to someplace else. Well, Mm -hmm. this, you know I love British murder mysteries. Yes. And I don't know why it is. I don't know what the uh, poll is for me, but I not only like British murder mysteries, I like those from Denmark and those from Sweden and those from Norway. And I tried a French one recently, which eh, I don't know. Jury's still out on that one. But I, I love them because you get the information about the culture in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. It's not overtly given. It's given It's given subtly and you feel more like you're actually in the moment in the story, but you're elsewhere. So it's exciting and different and you're picking up all sorts of subtle clues that you probably wouldn't notice if you lived there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for example. So, yeah, I highly recommend Mo Hader as an author. And it really, you don't have to have the backstory on some of these. When you, when you jump into one of the murder mystery series where the detective is the thing that is, that is in common with all the books, you don't really need to know all their backstory you in order to, to really enjoy it. Book. Um, what was the name of the book? Birdman. Birdman. Yeah. I might try it. No, you won't like it. I'm just you saying. Think I will? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me it. just say that he uses the killer uses live birds inside the body. Weird. So you'll have to figure that part out on your own and let your imagination fester <laughs> on that one. Okay? <laughs> Cuz it is I don't know. It's it's seriously gross, but at the same time, highly entertaining and 
I love me a good gory murder mystery occasionally. I think mm-hmm. they're fun. Yes. That I was the one do. I intended to actually talk about tonight. Mm. But I think that having said that, I'm going to pop in with another short one, if it's okay with you two. Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. All right. I just finished this one today. And it was on one of the lists. Oh. You know how I love the list. Yes, you love the list. Yes, um, for science fiction fantasy favorites. Mm-hmm. For I think it was for the year. And this one is called Shadow Shaper by Daniel Jose Older. Mm-hmm. The reason that I liked it, well, I, I, honestly, I didn't think I was going to like it when I first started listening to it because it's more of a young adult novel. And I really wasn't finding a lot to have in common with it because I kind of need that thread mm-hmm. sometimes. So that I can relate to the characters and really get into the story. But I kept reading it because it was on that list. You know how I am. I got to know why. It was mm-hmm. so special. It was special. And here's the reason why. The main character and all of the characters in the book are of ethnic backgrounds. Which is very rare in science fiction and fantasy. The main character is Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. And it and it talks a lot about family and the family ties and the magic is actually in the family. Mm-hmm. And th- the way that the magic manifests is sort of through artwork, which is a really interesting twist. Yeah. They they can actually call spirits into this uh, into the artwork that they've done and then the spirits can go and do whatever. While they're in this piece of, I, I know it sounds totally bizarre, <laughs> but um, it's a very interesting concept mm-hmm. and a, a totally unique novel. Yeah, it sounds uh, like something. New, it was enjoyable know? because of its uniqueness, and also um, the idea of. Of culture and family was so strong within it. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is totally different than our culture. It, it is. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that they were able to weave that in so successfully and have it be such a strong part of the story. And then, yeah, it was good. It was different. It sounds different. Yeah. Not my, not my usual thing. Probably would not have read it. Probably would not have even finished it. I love the fact that fantasy novels normally I'm able to relate to, but in another way, I feel that's not necessarily a good thing because look at all the different ethnic groups that are out there that don't have that a lot of times. Right. They're, they're very not very well represented in the fantasy world. And with a, with a, such a strong showing with this one, I think it would be a, a definitely a good read, especially for somebody who has ethnic blood of any kind, mm-hmm. just because it was different. And we need more of it, I think. Mm-hmm. It's called Shadow Shaper by Daniel Jose Older. It sounds interesting. I yeah. bet it was. I mean, instead of a different... Well, you, usually you have the blonde princess type, mm-hmm. you know, and me being partially blonde. We'll I have a little blonde. pumpkin spice in me today, thanks to my hairdresser <laughs> who did a wonderful job. <laughs> but uh, so I was able to relate to a lot of the fantasy offerings that were out there. And there are a lot of women protagonists mm-hmm. and young women even now. To be able to find such a strong offering in this was was good. Yeah. 
You guys are really laid back tonight. <laughs> I know we are. We need to drink our coffee. <laughs> okay, so the <clears throat> book I'm going to talk about, I'm talking about because you read a couple that had to do with circuses. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's and right. So, circus. We went to circus twice recently. I know. So yes. I'm going to add another one. And this is uh, in my all-time favorite novel list. Um, mm-hmm. And it's called Water for Elephants. <gasps> I've read it. I'm sure, yeah. A lot of, I don't know, uh, if you haven't read it, you might have seen the movie, too. Um, but yep, it's by either. Sarah Grun. And so there's a movie. I actually saw the movie first. And, like, that's kind of how I fell in love with the story. Um, if you don't like romance, you probably won't like this. That's not true. Are that you is sure? totally not true because, because you, you know I do not like romance novels and I you loved, loved this book. Mm. But it is a it's a love story. It really yeah, is. It's a love story, but not in the traditional sense. Yeah. Um so essentially what happens in the book, um, there's a, a young guy and the entire thing is set in memories. Uh there's an old man telling telling the listener reader uh everything that's happened in his life but um it starts out with him being really young he's in college and he's going to take his like finals that's not what they're called because this is set in a, like a while back but uh and something happens so he doesn't get to take him he was going to be a veterinarian um and he has to rush home and ends up like his entire life changes and so then he ends up joining a circus i mean this is a lot like a story a process for how all of this happens but um he ends up joining a circus and the guy who runs it is an absolutely horrible person uh he will beat the animals uh he doesn't care about the animals at all he doesn't care if they eat or if they have like time to not be on a train, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also rude and mean to his employees, the people. And so Jacob is kind of goes into this and he he also meets a woman that he kind of falls in love with. And it happens to be the guy who runs the circus, his wife. Always is. Always yeah. is. Always. But it's wife or daughter. Yeah. And of course, yeah. So it's this story of how Jacob is like learning, like kind of fighting through this circus, like trying to make sure he can keep everyone okay. Because even though he doesn't have his veterinary license, he's put in charge of taking care of all these animals. And uh, they get a get an elephant um, that everybody says is untrainable. And he figures out like it just wants to it has a language that it understands. Oh, and so he. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. That actually, because I'm a like elephants. I'm obsessed with them. Kind of, they're you know. You're just an animal lover. I all am. over. She is the <laughs> biggest animal lover ever. You guys. But elephants, I'm like in awe of. Ah, uh, yes. They're just one of they those are things. very impressive. Yeah. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, for being so huge and they're so elegant, kind of. Mm-hmm. But. So the story has a lot to do with this elephant and then Jacob falling in love and the circus, the magic around the circus. And then, yeah, but the story itself was so rich. Mm hmm. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of elements in there besides romance. If it is, I mean, that's the reason that I liked it was because when you 
there are so many times when there are elderly people who are in nursing homes that have such incredible stories to tell. Mm -hmm. And their families get tired of hearing it, or maybe they just don't want to hear it at all, or whatever the reason. They're not... They're, they're, they don't really talk about their lives anymore at that point. And I think the way the story was told for me of this old man who's in a nursing home mm-hmm. begins to tell this fascinating and in-depth story of all of his experiences and this fascinating life that he's led. That's what really did it for me. It wasn't the romance at all. Mm-hmm. I was, could have done without the romance all day long. It was just a really well-told story. Yeah. Well, the, every aspect of it, because, I mean, yeah, there's a, this guy telling you about his entire life, and it's almost uh, like a myth, you know? It You kind of wonder if it's true or not. If exactly. It, or if he's exaggerating, and then you've got uh, all the animals, and then the actual circus acts, and then the people in it, and there's just so many different stories going on within one story. It's highly entertaining, and it's well-written. And it it was a feel-good novel, but that wasn't the only thing that made it good. Mm-hmm. And if I go into a novel thinking it's going to be a feel-good novel, I'm out. That's not why I'm there. I'm there for the story. I still think it's a romance novel. <sighs> it's a love story la, between la, la, a man la, 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 la. and an elephant. Plugging my ears, plugging a my A man ears. and a woman and a man <laughs> in a circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, anytime anyone's going to tell their story, they're going to tell about the love of their life. The great yeah. love of their the life of could their be life. a lot of different things. Well, that's right. what I'm saying is it's not just the like the woman. It's the circus and like it's everything. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Well, love is passion. Passion mm-hmm. is existence. You have to be able to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning, right? right? And it's whatever imprints in your brain enough for you to want to tell that story. True. I mean, whether it be an elephant or, you know, the woman that he fell in love with or the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just being able to recount a life lived at the end. Yeah. Right. And a lot, a lot of times, people don't appreciate their grandparents' stories the way they could appreciate them. Yeah, See, I because love they're listening. they they don't think about they don't think about the things that they've seen in their lifetime in a way that allows those people to tell the stories like they would tell them for the first time, mm-hmm. as opposed to the way they relate to you and your family. Right. Yeah. And you know that that aspect of this novel uh, reminds me of Big Fish. I liked Big Fish, too. I loved Big but Fish. But Big Fish was, Big Fish was, um, um, reminded me a lot of my father. Oh. <laughs> because my father was a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And about 90% of the stuff that he told us he did in his lifetime, I don't think he did. <laughs> but there's no way to prove it. <laughs> You know, I I grew up thinking that I had Native American blood in me. And if you could see me, I'm a blonde-haired, green-eyed girl. But that didn't matter to me. My dad told me that I was Princess Prairie Flower. (laughs) I believe that. Uh, And Big Fish. I don't remember who the author on that was. Do you remember? I I never... Is there a book on it? Yeah. I didn't know that. I've just seen the movie. uh, Now I'm going to go read the... If there's a book... 
Because the director of it's pretty famous. I think, but I. Now you're talking about stories like that. My grandpa has some good stories. Let me tell you. Oh, Tim Burton is the director of the movie. Um, Daniel Wallace is uh, wrote the novel. Big Fish, the novel of mythic proportions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. All right, guys. Daniel Wallace. Putting it in my Amazon wish list. I didn't even know that existed. But the the biggest thing about Big Fish is the ending in the movie. Like when you, because I obviously haven't read the book. We just talked about that. But when, like, because everybody knows what, like, stretching the truth. And that's what yes. the entire thing is about. But right. then seeing the ending, you're just like, I yeah. without giving away the ending, I don't know how to describe it. But yeah. it just makes let's, you sit let's back. Let's just and, say like, that it definitely is worth reading. Or watching the movie, even because it was a it was a good movie as well. It was in for like it was cause it, so for it being a Tim Burton film. Yes, it, it was nothing like Tim Burton's other films at all. Nothing, nothing like and them. it's so amazing. Okay. Oh yeah, so the original novel I was talking about is called Water for Elephants by Sarah Grun, and she actually has a couple other um, novels that are really interesting. If you guys want to give her a read, are they romance novels as well? Kind of. Uh, <laughs> one of them is about chimpanzees. She she write the other one's called Flying Chances, uh, which is about a horse. So she writes. So she says the animal thing. Yeah, huh? yeah. She, animal lover. Yeah, I was gonna say she must be an animal <laughs> animal lover too. I'm not complaining. <laughs> it's like I said, you have to find something in a novel that floats your boat. You have to find some thread that you can grab onto while you're reading to bring you into the story. Otherwise, you're just watching. Mm-hmm. You're not participating. Well, in the way she writes about, because it's not just a book about chimpanzees. It's about uh, like people doing testing on these animals and like the plot. You know, it's uh, just the way she, the stories she writes about them, and a lot of it's uh, like fairness, animal, like being humane to animals, right, and right, right, treating them fair, and all of that stuff. So, but, what did you read, Vani? Um, well, I read something completely different than you guys. And now for something completely different. <laughs> um, okay, I read then. a historical fiction, because you know how I love those, um, called Fall of Giants by oh, Ken Follett. Oh, that's right. You've been meaning to tell us about this one for a while. Yes, because I love this book. And I actually went back and read it again, because I read it a long a long time ago, mm-hmm. so that I could talk more, you know, about it, remember but what it is, is it's a story that takes place before World War One, and it leads into World War One, And it's the story is about a lot of different families mm-hmm. that are in different classes, but they all intertwine in each other's life somehow. Oh, so it's one of those things that where the threads uh, of of the tapestry are all separate in the beginning and then you see in the end how they're all woven together or throughout the whole book they they kind of intertwine and then they you know go their separate ways and then they might come together again oh i love those and they're all woven together with history right because he throws a lot of factual information in his writing Mm-hmm. And which is His. awesome. Who is it again? Ken Follett. Ken Follett. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like the story starts out with about a family of a minor in Britain or England. And um, a minor like a. Like coal miner. A coal miner. A coal okay. miner. 
And um, it talks about his name is Billy and he turns 13 and he's all excited because he gets to start working in the mines at 13. And oh, so we got some child labor in there. Right. But this was, you know, before yeah. World War One. That's what everybody did. That's what you did in this town. If you were a coal miner family, when your son turned 13, you went down into the mine. Mm-hmm. But then his sister, his older sister, works for, as a housekeeper for the Earl and um, works there for a while and then moves to London. And then the Earl's sister meets back up with the housekeeper and they start a newspaper on women's suffrage. Wow. That's a lot of diversity. diversity right. And there's, right there's there. a lot of very diverse characters in this book, which is another thing that I like because the um, Earl's sister um, is a big supporter of the women's suffrage and she's a feminist Mm -hmm. and then um one of the other characters who is high a diplomat in germany Mm -hmm. his cousin who is also a diplomat in austria is same-sex orientated whoa yeah Uh, one of the minors uh, billy's best friend tommy in the book his family is atheist so you have all of these different views going on That's all at one time. That's amazing that he could put all of that. In. That is a big, big book, though. Yes. It, it is a, a rather big book, and that's it's actually part of a trilogy. Wow. And that thing has to be at least I, a thousand pages, maybe? Oof, I, it's, I know it's a big book. Or more? I, I'm just guessing, just based on the size that I saw you reading. Well, I'm listening to it in my car. It's an audio book that is CDs. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of CDs, and though. I mean, that thing's got at least 20 it takes, CDs. The first time I read it, it took me two and a half weeks to read it, to listen to it in my car. Well, yeah, just back and forth to work, right? Right. But at the time, I was working over an hour away from home, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I read a lot of it. And there was a lot of times that I got home and I'd sit in the driveway for a half an hour because yes, I wanted to listen and to I it. and I have personal experience with that because she would come over to walk <laughs> and my dog would be sitting out there, woo, woo. I couldn't figure out what she's whining about. And then I walk outside. There's Bonnie sitting in the driveway. So what are you doing? I was listening to my book. It's a really good part. You're going to have to wait a minute. But um, another thing that he does with all of these different classes and, and families is that they're from different countries. So you can kind of see the conflict between the countries through the families themselves. Because um, the Earl, who sister who lives in england falls in love with the german diplomat and they want to get married More forbidden love <laughs> right exactly and um and of course you know austria is where pretty sure isn't that where the assassination took place that kind of mm-hmm. from the the servia um people extremists or they yeah, kind of kicked it, it, off the world right. War. It yeah. kind of started all of the conflict that turned failed, into World War. No, I. I did not fail history. I got a D in history in high school. So. <laughs> I loved history. I am so, not yes, the person to ask. Austria is the correct <laughs> right. So, in you know, uh, the the German diplomat, his cousin, who he grew up with. He, I mean, he's mm-hmm. more like a brother than a cousin. Really, mm-hmm. he's you know a diplomat in Austria. 
who's actually, you know, gay. So mm-hmm. all of this comes into play and you kind of see how everybody has to. Then you have the beginning of the women's suffrage and you have some single parents and you have you kind of see how the lower class live and how the higher class treat the lower class and some of the just absolutely terrible things that they do to make money where no. they don't care about the safety of the miners. And mm-hmm. so just, you can see why some of the laws that we have are in place, like right. child labor laws and safety laws. And well, it also talks about too, like um, one of the families is from Russia and it's um, two brothers who are orphaned. Um, their dad is actually hung in front of them because he let his animals graze on the princess's meadow. Good grief. Yes. And the princess who um, the meadow belonged to, Mm -hmm. who was at the hanging also, is actually married to the earl in England. Whoa. (laughs) It's like a freaking soap opera over here. What is this, the Game of Thrones or something? (laughs) Crikey. Well, it's not quite as graphic as Game of Thrones, I don't think. But, I mean, and then the... Mother dies during a um, protest and um, is shot by one of the, what's the czar? That one of the czar's, you know, soldiers when they're trying to protest. And so the brother, the older brother actually takes care of the younger brother. And they talk about going to America because America's so great and... Oh, yeah. And the police can't, you know, beat you up just for being poor. The and, police can't beat you up for being poor? Right, because really? the police. <gasps> and, the police can't beat you up for being black? <laughs> really? We're not going to get into all that right now. Sorry. <laughs> okay, way back in this time, <laughs> America just seemed like a really great opportunity for anyone who could go there because... Yeah, it's a land of opportunity. Right, exactly. And it was so much better than what they had. Right. And um, during this book, I'm pretty sure it's this one and not the second one, is when the Russian Revolution takes place. Okay. And they overthrow the czar. Mm -hmm. And all of this other stuff happens. And it goes all the way through the war. And then the second book is World War II. Mm -hmm. Ah. Okay, so that's that's some serious historical fiction. Yep, right. I'm talking serious. I wonder how long it took him to write that. I don't know, but I was thinking about it when I was um, listening to it the other day. I was like, how much of this information must he just have automatically in his head to be able to make up a fictional, a fictional story and throw all these actual facts in? I, I would think that it would take a crap load of research to write a historical fiction novel. Right. I, I think you would really have to do a lot. Of, it would. That's a lot of work. But, you know, there's some people that know this stuff off the top of their head. Mm. Kind of like uh, my dad does. He could just rattle off, you know. That's. I think that might be a guy thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but guys can just tell you what the score of some random freaking football game uh, 20 years ago was. <laughs> yeah, my you know, son, my what, son. I think that? that. That's How just like a passion because 
if they're te- doing that, like how many documentaries have they watched or how many news articles have they read or, you know, it's just being able to re- like recall stuff. But like histor- like I'm uh, like history books, they always have pictures and I'm a very like visual learner. Okay. So I could always remember like if I was actually reading my textbook, which I was not a very good student in high school (laughs) not that I was bad I just didn't never did my homework but I would actually remember stuff and then I could like visually tell you where in that textbook that information was Mm -hmm. when they asked you what was the date that World War II started you could could remember that stuff I can't remember that stuff I could at the and so it's just like you have to be passionate about it you have to be interested in it it'd be like us asking you about a like some detail in a book that you read like, like asking you something ago. about the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, see, I'm now. getting it now. I'm getting it. Okay. It's, you can, it's passion. It's, yeah. yeah. Right. But I still can't tell you. But what. like to write something like that. You have to be, you have to get your shit together. Yeah. You can't right. just make it up as you go. Well, you would have to double check your facts, obviously. Well, yeah. <clears throat> well and then uh, like one of my favorite historical fiction writers is Philippa Gregory and she's British, but she'll go like... She'll get the letters from whoever she's writing about that, like, because her books are always about a certain, like, queen or princess or something. Mm-hmm. She'll go get all of their letters that they've written. Mm-hmm. She goes to, like, she'll go to their homes, like, their castles yeah, they I lived in. I mean, that's in. serious so, research. Yeah, and it's, like, their entire life. She'll go to universities to see what information and documents they have on her. And it's like she bombards herself with all the information, so it's she all She makes just... herself live it so that she can write it. Uh, almost like, almost like... You hear about actors that just they so that would be method kind of, writing instead of method acting, right? Kind of. Whatever character they're gonna. But how would you method write about world like world? War II? Well, you know that uh, I don't know anything about Ken world Follett. Maybe we should look him up and find out what his scoop is. I did look he him might be up. A history professor or something. Maybe he really does have all of that. I looked him up one time, and they said that he did use a lot of factual stuff in all of his writing. Because he also wrote Pillars of the Earth, which mm-hmm. I read and I loved also. And just I just think he's a great writer. If you read um, the first one, you have to read the second one. Now, I haven't read the third one yet. I still need to. They didn't have that one on audio. But he's a Welsh author, actually. On uh, <clears throat> com, his biography starts out as Ken Follett is one of the world's Best loved novelists. Oh, he uh, and he's saying this about himself. No, I, I'm oh, sure it's nice a PR man. company, but I was just like, really. <laughs> oh yes, I'm number one. I'm the guy. With second sentence: His uh, latest novel went straight to the number one position on the bestseller lists in the U.S., U.S., Spain, Italy, Germany, and France. He needs to give his publicist a raise. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all about like everything he's written, but he's not. It doesn't tell you anything about him. Well, it says in this biography on this website that um, his um, he was barred from watching films and television by his Plymouth Brethren parents, and he developed an early interest in reading. So he wasn't allowed to watch TV, so he read instead, which actually worked out really good for me because I like his novels. Studied philosophy. It has more information about his wife than it does... Himself. And his wife, by the way, is a political activist who was a member of Parliament for Stevenage in Hertfordshire for 13 years. Hmm. So I'm assuming that's 
Well, you know, maybe he's just into history. Yeah. The way some guys are into football. Well, if his wife is an activist and it says that he's um, centered left politics, that would explain why he has so much diversity in his novels. Mm-hmm. Why he... They yeah, really the, history and politics are both fascinating. They own an mm-hmm. 18th century townhouse and a beach house in Antigua. Wow. In Antigua. Well, you know, Antigua. somebody's got it. I need to get a yeah writer boyfriend. He, he's real. Well, <laughs> it depends on what kind of, depends on what kind of writer we're talking about now. Don't tell her. Seriously, tell her current boyfriend. If you're a crappy writer, you're not going to get anything in in Antigua unless right. it's maybe. A shack. No, not even a shack. You're not even getting a shack. You have to be a very good popular writer and sell lots of books. Sell lots of books. Yeah, emphasis on sell. Right. But with Ken Follett, when he writes a book, he writes a book. These things are substantial. Some people like it when they get their money's worth. And I think this guy clearly is giving you your money's worth. I know Pillars of the Earth is an absolutely huge book because we found it at the Friends of the Library book sale and I bought it so that I could give it to my mom because my mom's always complaining that she reads her books too fast. So I gave her this book that's like, I don't know, it's the size of like four or five bricks put together. At least. Here you go. See how long it takes you to read this one. Did she read it? (laughs) She did. And she actually liked it. Well. But I will say, though, that with the um, Fall of Giants and uh, Winter World and can't remember what the third one's called. Um, he puts a lot of uh, politics in it. Like, so if you don't really care for politics, then there's going to be part of this book where you're going to phase out. Mm-hmm. He was uh, also the son of a tax in- tax inspector. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good to know. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> what are you, the color? You're, this is like a news or a sportscast, and Nicole is playing color right now. I can read you some more facts, guys. <laughs> I love If technology. you ever feel like stalking Ken Follick, let, let, let us tell you exactly where his houses are when he's going to be home. If his, his uh, beach house plans. in Antigua is for rent, let me know. <laughs> or just when he's, you know vacationing in one of his other houses this this podcast has been so very from one end to the other hasn't it (laughs) we start out with necrophiliacs and end up with uh freaking stalking ken follick yeah and the third one by the way is called edge of eternity and that's about the cold war which i do want to read that one but i need it to be in audio form (laughs) yeah some of these the great thing about audio and i'm going to go on about this again because our lives are so busy. And you ask people, I have a heck of a time. We tried to get, um, uh, we're trying to get some guests on the show, but it's so difficult because the first thing people say when you ask them if they read is, because <laughs> they're busy. They don't have time to right. read. Well, we talked about the reason why I didn't read before I started reading last week when I started reading The Host. And yeah. The, because. You're just yeah. busy. And plus, if it, the way our life to, lifestyles are now, they're very technology oriented. Mm-hmm. But books can still fit into your life with technology in several ways. The first of which is during your commute. Yeah. I mean, you're listening to this podcast, right? So you obviously have a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. You could maybe pop in an audiobook from time to time and then maybe let us know what you thought of our choices. That'd be cool. 
Or give us more choices. Yeah, more choices are even better. We're always and the ebook and the ebook stuff. Nicole does it all the time with her Kindle app. Yep, I love it just because uh, she can read on her book here and there throughout the day if she feels like putting in a couple of pages. Mm-hmm. Think about how many times scrolling through Facebook. Yeah, think about how much time you get on your phone to look at Facebook or check your email or whatever. And so instead of doing that, you just you pop in a couple of pages. Well, and then maybe say, you could be on the show. We'd love to have some guests in here. <laughs> I will have time to read more regular books now that it's football season because my son is going to be watching football games all the time, which he has for the last week. So I started reading How, how to Be a Woman. Oh, yeah. oh. Started which reading is hilarious, that. by the way. I, I just read through funny. a little bit of it. I have to read the whole thing. But <laughs> I'm reading a regular novel as well, which mm. is a, uh, Ahab's Wife. Yes. Yeah. I'm reading that one, but the reason that I haven't finished it is I had to go buy reading glasses. <laughs> because the print is so small. Oh, my gosh. I was trying to read it while while they were watching football the other day. I could not do it because mm-hmm. it's kind of dark in the living room anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, my mom used to always tell me I'm weird because uh, if I go to the store, to get a book, I don't care what size the print is. And so a lot of times if you buy the large print, they're cheaper than if you buy the regular because nobody, not very many people buy them. See, I didn't even think about that because I don't feel like I'm old, but my eyes obviously disagree with me. Well, <laughs> okay, sometimes just, it's way too big. That print, though, so it's kind of a, like yeah. if your eyes are fine and my you're reading this large most print. of the time. It's just that the, it's just like, like, I mean, <laughs> the print in this thing is seriously tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, another tip is is like during the Friends of the Library sale. Yep. If you go to the large print section, they have better books because nobody's gone over there to get oh. the newer ones. Maybe yet. because everybody thinks you have to be old to read large print. Probably. Ooh, that's a whole other topic for us. Or they probably uh-huh. just don't know what large print like books mean. It just means the print's bigger. Yeah. The font size is larger. Yeah. Translation, font size is larger. (laughs) For those of you who are technophiles. Maybe uh, I could read those without having to take my contacts out. Well, I tell you what, this reading glasses thing has really got me vexed. Does it? Yeah, because then I leave them lying around. Mm. So then I have to go hunt for them. And by the time I get that done, I will have wasted all the time. I could have spent reading in the first place. (laughs) Or you could be like one of our salespeople who has like 18 pairs of reading glasses. And then she'll let people borrow them, too, if they forget. Yeah, I I think I'm just going to have to get into the habit of purchasing reading glasses every time I think about it and leaving them everywhere. Mm -hmm. You need reading glasses that are also a bookmark. (gasps) Do you think they make those? Oh my gosh, That's I think you awesome might have just idea. come up with a million dollar idea Maybe. right here on this podcast. We should uh, probably <laughs> delete it. <laughs> just kidding. Copyrighted right now. <laughs> What's the date? It is uh, September 20, what? September 23rd, 2016. I came up with the idea. Vonnie I mean, Golden. If they have them that can fold up so that they're the size of a half dollar, why can they not make them into something you could put in a book as a bookmark? You would think so. Yeah. I'm totally... She's oh she's googling it right now. She's gonna see if that she's gonna it see if it exists, exists so that we can get one. Now you know what you can get me for Christmas, Bonnie. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a perfect gift. Okay. But now I just told you. Oh, I don't care. I don't uh, need a surprise. They don't really have reading glasses, but they have like the. Yeah, I don't want that thing you that I got to hold on there like a friggin' monocle. No, not thank really you. a monocle. It's like a bookmark flat, 
But it's a magnifying glass. Oh, so you hold it against the print. Yeah, so you just put it on the book. My grandmother used to read with a magnifying glass, and I always thought, we're talking one big-ass magnifying glass, (laughs) not a tiny one, a big one. She had that thing right up there where she was going to read that book. My grandma had one, too. Yeah. (laughs) I think we should uh, try and wrap this baby up. All right. Um, Next week. The books we read again? What? The books we read again? The books we read... The books we talked about reading were Birdman by Mo Hader, mm-hmm. Shadow Shaper by Daniel Jose Older. And then I talked about Water for Elephants by Sarah Grun and Big Fish. And I don't remember that author, but I'll let you know when I read it. Uh, okay. Daniel something, I don't remember the last name. And I talked about Fall of Giants by Ken Follett. All right. And if you uh, have any suggestions, if there's a genre that we have not hit on that you would like us to talk about, uh, if you... If you want to be a guest on our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just let us talk know. talk about one of your books. Of course, if you don't live in the Oklahoma City area, it might be a little touchy, but... Well, right. Well, I mean, Skype. You said yeah. that your one friend was talking about... Yeah, we got to get Skyping her on in. here. I think that would be very cool. Cause it would be cool. I just got to get the uh, get the radio engineer in here to sort out all of the details for us <laughs> and figure it out for us so that we can set it up, mm-hmm. run it through the board. Oh, so that she can, yeah, so you can hear. Yeah. Oh, that would make sense. Oh, see, I don't think about these things. <laughs> Why could you not hear her? She's on Skype. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it is over and out for three book girls. Three book girls. Three book girls. (laughs) 